Uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, living on purpose and sonship, living on purpose. We have, um, I've preached this before, but God says to go back again, that um, it's time for us to pass over some a new set of waters. And, uh, you know, we, we are as a nation, as a world, you know, as a country going through some major Red Seas where we are crossing from things that were in the economic zone, in the health zone, in the, you know, life zone. COVID has changed so many things. And we have to look at life a little bit differently. And as a church, we have to begin to see in the midst of everything that's going on, and all of the things that are happening is God in the center of it. Is God in the middle? And what is he doing? So we have to go up a little higher and look down and say, and talk to the Lord and say, well, what are you doing about that? And what are you doing in this arena? What are you doing in that arena? And really God is calling out of all of these situations. There is always a call of God for us to go out from one place of Egypt into the place of worship and sonship that he is calling for. They were coming out to be his people, right? He, they were coming out to be his sons, his representatives on the earth. And I think every time I come up here, I talk a little bit more about that. But God says now we need to go a little bit deeper and that we need to understand what he's calling you and I to do to live on purpose. I remember someone had asked uh, the other week, you know, how far should I go? You know, I feel, I think it was, it was you, you were talking about uh, being complacent, but not being, not going too far and not being too complacent. Well, this should partly answer some of that in addition to what pastor was saying because we we have to learn first what our purpose is when we know what our purpose is then you can run as fast as you can and you don't have to worry about if you've gone over you're running as hard as you can toward the purpose that God has called you to the reason that you might have to pull back is because you're not on purpose you're not on point and you know you're not and so you're wandering in a wilderness and trying to figure out what God is saying. And so you go forward, pull back, should I, shouldn't I? But when you know it's what God has called you to do, you're just cheering on God. Yes, God, what, do you, what else do you want me to do? What's the next thing you want me to do? I know you got me here. What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do there? What do you want me to do there? But when you're questioning it, you have to pull back and say, God, well, can, can I do this? Is, is this okay? Is this going to trap my soul? Is this going to, you know, these are the things that God wants us to step from and to out of those Egypts and into the place of sonship that he has called us to. Now, I want to take us back to last week. Pastor just finished an awesome, awesome, awesome awesome series on Melchizedek. Oh my Lord. This is Melchizedek is the high priest of God. In heaven, he is still the high priest of God. He is the only priest that is eternal like God. The scriptures say that. So this Melchizedek is actually a representation prior to Christ, just as she said, of the Christ that would come. 
But he was presented to who? Who was he presented to? Abraham, who would be the father of nations, father of faith, father of faith of nations, yes. So he was a representation of the one that would bring the type of faith onto the earth that mankind would need to fulfill the purposes of God. So you can always look at a first mention in the scriptures to see what God patterns that after. The first time he mentions something, you can see that pattern repeated over and over again, over and over again. It's Melchizedek. You know, it's Adam. It's Melchizedek. It's Abraham. It's Isaac. It's Jacob. It's you. It's me. It's the church. So there is a, a purpose. So Jesus is, is called after the order of Melchizedek. And that is what three things? Prophet, priest, and king, yes. Then why is God, then why is God saying that you and I need to walk after this type of order? Why would God give all of these offices to you and I, to the church? Why would he give that to us? These are, would you say a prophet is a great office of authority? Would you say a priest is a great office of authority? Would you say a king is a great office of authority? Well, God is giving us all three. How generous is that? How grace-filled is that? So why is God, why would God give all of these offices and positions and positions of power to his children? Stop and think about that for a minute. What is God doing? What is he calling for? It takes our minds a little bit above, I shouldn't just sin, doesn't it? It takes us to a higher purpose, a higher level, a higher level of reward. It calls us up higher than just, well, well, may, maybe I can get away with this or that or the other. Because we know there's another uh, uh, placement for our lives. So God had a plan. He had a plan. He made he had a plan, and the plan was so important for him that he made a covenant about it. And when God is getting ready to do something important in the earth, he makes a covenant. You see that constantly, right? He made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with Isaac. He made a covenant with Jacob. He made a covenant with Adam. Well, let's see what the first covenant was like and what God said about it. We've read this before over and over again. I'm taking you back here because we're going to start from the beginning and let's talk a little bit about God's covenant plan for you to walk and live on purpose. So go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start at 26. And then the God, the Lord God said, let us make man in our in our, what's the next line? In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own, in the image of God, 
in the image of God, prophet, priest, and king, in the image of God created he them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them. So here are the mandates of the uh, rulership of God in the earth that he has in the image of man. I'm going to say that again. You can write this down. So here are the mandates of the rulership of God in the earth. So if you don't have paper, you should get paper. You want to know why? Because this specifically applies to you. And you really want to be able to look back and say, I know what God's purpose for me in this next shift of my life is. In this next shift of life, I know what God wants me to do. I can look back at this piece of paper and get an idea of what he's calling me to. So that when the enemy brings you something else, you can say, no, I don't have time for that. I don't want that. I want the things that God has for me. It's greater. So here is the mandate of the image of God. Be fruitful and increase in number. What does that mean? What does that mean? Reproduce after the image of Satan? After what? But where does that image have to be first if you're going to reproduce it? In us. In us. So just take that for a second. Be fruitful, increase, and multiply. Fill the earth, fill it, and then what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What does it mean to subdue? Oversee. I hear oversee, dominate, control. What else? Master. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Don't, don't you all get... Go, go far, far away like, oh, Lord, now she's on. We got to, you know, no, you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll come around to what God is asking. It's, it's, it's how he wants us to walk, okay? So subdue it. Rule over it, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over everything living that moves on the ground. So God's covenant, that covenant that he made with Adam, he made was not with Adam, it was with himself. Because he could swear upon no other greater. And he also knew that Adam was a fallible man, right? Meaning he could fall, he could fail, he could miss it. And his word would then fall and fail with him, right? So, it, so if God wants something to happen, he will agree with himself that it will come to pass. Okay? So when God wants something to happen, especially with man, because he knows that we will fall, fail, miss it in every way, God will do something with himself, make a covenant with himself to guarantee that the end product will be exactly what he said at the beginning in Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. So what we're going to see is what God did. He said, let the redemption of man then be upon me. Don't let it be upon my children because pretty much they would all die from sin, right? But redemption is now going to be on me. So then God himself came, born of a virgin, and now he became the firstborn among many. What's another name? I hear it. As sons. 
He was the firstborn among many sons. Sons have the image of who? Their father. So when we say that we are sons of God or sons of the Father and not sons of Satan, we are sons with the image of God. We are sons that are in his likeness. So what happens? So our job is to receive that finished work and stand under the sonship of what God would have us do. Okay, so Jesus came not to even establish a religion, including Christianity, but his kingdom, his kingdom. And this is when Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. What was he saying? It is not. uh, and, And now you this is what you need to understand. The kingdom of God is not one of serfs and slaves and masters. It's not one of domineering over one another, of trying to rule over one another. It is a kingdom of sons who, because they are like their father, walk in the earth like their father. They do what their father says. They are led by the spirit of their father. They are led by the ways of their father. They, are, they look like when, when, and literally when God made Adam, I've said this before, the earth was to take a double take. Is that God in the earth? And understand what, I'm, what I mean. I don't mean that in arrogance. Is that the authority of God that we should walk under? Because God gave the earth not to angels, but to man. So when Adam fell, it was so important for God to redeem the earth, he sent a second Adam to redeem the earth. To redeem not just you, but the earth. Is the earth worth redeeming? Everything that God has made is worth redeeming. This is the purpose of the Son of God, because he is bringing redemption, not just to your soul, but through your soul, the redemption of the earth. This is why the scripture talks about the whole earth is doing what? Groaning, waiting for the sons of God to bring it out of captivity of Satan. Why would God bring you to the place of knowing you are to be a prophet, priest, and a king? The places of authority that God has designed in the earth. God is calling for his government. God is calling for his government. Listen to me. God, this is a clarion call, not just to our body, but to the body of Christ. He is calling for his governance in the earth. You will understand what I'm saying when God had Adam name the animals and him to tend the garden. Anybody that's watered those plants out there knows it's tough to subdue them bad boys. They could die on you in a minute. And subduing may, may mean saying grow, plant, grow. Subduing may mean watering it and loving it. 
See, sometimes we think that when we're talking about kingdom dominion, we're talking about, you know, slashing a whip. No, it's walking as Christ walked in humility and grace and in the mercy and honor of God. That's what it really means to walk as a kingdom citizen. You represent him in every place, everywhere, and in everything you do. So as a priest, you stand and at your job, and uh, I, had to, I talked to a friend uh, yesterday, and, and, or day before yesterday, and he was telling me, he's a very humble man, and he's a teacher, and he said to me, he said, you know, every morning I get up, I get up an hour early. And he didn't know I was going to preach on this. But he said, you know, I get up an hour early and I go to work and I just walk around near the woods and I just pray for these kids and I just pray for the teachers and there's so many discipline problems. And, you know, I walk near the woods and, you know, and I said, do you understand that you are fulfilling the place of a son of the living God in the earth where you are. Because what you are doing is making sure that nothing is coming towards those children. And I said, because you're there, some things are stopped. Because you've gotten up and prayed, some things have, will not happen at that school. When you leave that school, some things may happen. Because the authority of God does not belong to that principle. It belongs to you. The hand of authority has been given to you because you stood in the gap for those innocent ones that could not stand for themselves. This is why you and I have to never, ever say that abortion is okay. If it's been done, then God forgives us. But we have to stand and say that no one and no nation needs to have it as a law. An individual choice and an individual situation has to be counted for whatever it has to be counted for. But a nation cannot have that banner of bloodshed over it. So you have to cheer when the Supreme Court is being assassinated for overturning a law that's against the will of God. These are our next prophets, our next priests, and our next kings. If they die, what word will you hear at 80 years old? What word would you hear? What word would you hear? Someone has to stand. So understand, this is the, these are the things that, that we are standing for in our time. Every battle that you see that we're standing for in our time, God is saying, I'm giving you the authority. How am I giving you the authority? As a prophet, as a priest, as a king, as a prophet, I'm standing and speaking now the things and the oracles of the things that God is saying for the church. So as a priest, you're standing you're praying as a king, and a king is usually one that owns a business. If you own a business on this earth, or you're at a place of leadership, and you are leading other people, that's kingship in the earth. That means that it's your responsibility as prophet, priest, and king, you may have all three, is that you are to stand and bring the life of God in prayer for those people that you're leading. You lead them into righteousness. If they ask you about a situation and you're a part of leading their life in a right direction, you say this, you say that, you go to God about this. 
So you might understand what it means practically to be a prophet, to be a priest, to be a king. When you are a father in a home or a husband, you are all of those things. Whatever happens in the house, here, here that my father used to say, I pay the cost to be the boss. So whether he was right or wrong, we followed. Isn't that right? <laughs> because as a king, as a lead, you're saying, I will follow. You're saying, anybody under saying, I will follow your lead. So as a man, it's your responsibility to get the mandates from God. What is God saying? How is he telling you to lead your family? What scriptures are you teaching your children? What ways are you showing them? Did you take them to lunch and just say, I just wanted to show you how a man should treat you if you have a daughter? Or if you're a son, son, I just want to show you how to, to lead uh, uh, or, or to, to treat a woman. This is how, and, and as a mother, you, you, you're, you're standing as prophet, priest, and queen in your house. So you're standing and you're saying, and you have the word of God playing in your household. And you're saying, this is the atmosphere that we're going to live by, that we're going to move by. And when you go to school, you, you stand at that cafeteria, it, eat your, your food, you pray just like you're at home. Don't you be embarrassed. These are the ways that we stand as prophet, priest, and king. It's the practical things of God that we are supposed to do. So his kingdom is not one of serfs and slaves and masters, but of sons. We have his image. We're, we're, we, we are. Now, um, in Hebrews, pastor taught us of the authority that Jesus came after, which is Melchizedek. Now, to be in the kingdom of God and to be a part of this kingdom, we have to be born, right? Born again. Born again to enter like a child into a kingdom that calls us to be like sons. Do you hear what the scriptures are saying? We, we, are, we have the example to enter the kingdom like a child into the royal family of God. You understand. And in the royal family of God, there are only two people, the king and his sons and daughters. When I say sons, I mean sons and daughters. And to be a part of this royal kingdom, we have one job on this earth. That's to die. What do I mean? Do I mean kill over today? Is that what I'm asking for? Is that what we're asking for even in, in, in communion? Is that what we're asking for? You're dying to yourself. You and I are being presented with things that we are saying, I don't want that. I want Christ more than I want that. I want the will of God more than I want that. I want God, what God is offering me more than that. That is, is tempting my flesh, but I choose not to walk by the dictates of my flesh. I choose to walk by the Spirit. By the Spirit. So in the royal family, we have one job, and that's to die to our will and find out, well, what is the will of God? What, is God, what does God want? And the more we encounter the living God and his will, the more we have to lose our own lives. This is why the scriptures say, if you, if you go to keep your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, and take his, you gain life. His kingdom always seems to be the opposite of the world, doesn't it? 
The world wants you to indulge every form of flesh you have. And God is saying, turn your head, your heart, and your mind from those things and come my way. So in this season, the more and more we encounter the living God, we are losing our own lives. And in this season, we're not dying for him, but living for him. So God is now wanting the restored family to come back to position, place, authority, and power in the place that he's called us to. Some people get scared when you say position, place, and power. Oh, my God, what are those Christians getting ready to do? And some, some think, oh, we're going to kill all that. No. Humbly he walked through as a king on a donkey, a colt at that. Humbly he walked through. Humbly he died. Humbly, he said, not my will, but God's will be done. That's how we're ruling and reigning. We're ruling as servants of the Most High, as sons of the Most High, abiding in him. So salvation, this is called salvation part two. You're now over the fact that am I saved? You are no longer going to ask that question. Christ died for you, now you are in the process of dying for him. You have received him. It doesn't mean that you're going to not fail or fall or have a situation, but by all means and in all effort, we live our lives according to the grace and the will of God, pressing toward him even as things come at our life, right? So we can see salvation, part two, is about being a covenant son. Part one was you getting saved and coming out of the world. You're out now. Don't go back. You're out. You're not going back there. You're not letting that back in. So now you're about the purpose and plan of God's salvation of your life, the purpose for that, which is a son. Sonship is about learning to be led by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God. Sonship is about being led by the Spirit of God for covenant purposes. I'm going to read a few things to you. This is Romans chapter 8, 14. We're going to go through quite a few scriptures. Romans 8 and 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If we are led by the Spirit, then we are the children of God. Now, if we're led by the flesh, then where does that leave us? Well, so we have to be led by the Spirit. Now, that, you know, suddenly strikes fear in the heart of people. Well, I don't hear the Spirit of God, Manifa, Minister Manifa. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what he, what he says, what he's calling me to do. Don't worry. God knows exactly where we are. He's not afraid to still call you a son. 
He's not afraid to still say, you are my child. I am forming, fashioning, making you, building you, forming you into my image. I know exactly the situations to try you, to turn you, to undo you, to build you. I know every situation of your life that will bring you to the sonship that I've called you to and to the level of authority that I've called you to. And the greater that you are willing to give up your life and take on his, the greater the authority of God will, will move in you. God has to see if he can trust us. So I'm going to tell you, because God has to see if he can trust you, he has to test you. Your faith is not faith until it's tried. And it's tried by the very fire of your soul. It's tri you're tried in the very inmost portions of your being. Now, especially if you're going to go another level higher in his authority, you will be tried. Do you want this? <laughs> Do you want that? You would like to feel your, fulfill your flesh like this? Would you like that? How about more money? How about a bigger this or a bigger that? Or a cuter this one or that one? It's the testing and trying of your soul. Why not? We are after the image of who? Christ. And the scripture says in John, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness to be? Know that the Lord will lead you, but if you are being tested, he is with you in the test. Now, if you're out there by yourself and you say, Holy Spirit, are you with me? And you don't feel nothing. You say, Jesus, are you with me? And you don't feel nothing. And you say, Father, are you with me? And you don't feel nothing. This test is you. You out there. That's you. It's you. But if you're going through a test and God said, keep walking, yes, I know this is hard. Yes, I know, but I'm with you. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, I know this is really happening to you, but I'm with you. Yes, I know that this is, but God, this is, yes, I'm with you. But if he says that, you keep walking through that fire. But when you go through a fire, it's, it's usually a test that you will obey God without God coming to say, will you obey me? So you might not hear him. Your teacher don't talk during the test, does she? Does she, gang? Y'all just graduated out of school, in school. Does the teacher tell you the answers? It's a test of the emergency broadcast system. Will you follow God even if you are offered, even if you are given, even if this is an option? What did the Lord say? What did he say? What do you know his scripture said? What did pastor teach you? What did your Sunday school teacher teach you? What did your mama say? It's the same when you leave the house as when you was at the house. If mama said, don't go out there and stay out to 2, 3 a.m. Well, so what? You grown. You can go out there at 4 a.m. now. But what's out there at 4 a.m. that you need? Nothing. Nothing. You understand what I'm saying? God will give you a boundary and say, will you obey it even when nobody's looking? Woo. 
So we're talking about being led by the Spirit. That's all we're doing. That's all I'm saying. You know, this is real. It's real, ain't it, gang? Ain't it real? (laughs) For you to be able to say that God keeps me in life, in death, in trials, in tribulations, in the fire, in the water, in the flood, when the wind is blowing, when the wind is straight, when it's good, when it's bad, when it's up, when it's down, when I'm healed, when I'm not healed, when it's, when it's the hard things of my soul, when I'm on the mountaintop, when I'm in the valley, when I'm down deep as the grave. For you to say he's a keeper, you got to see him keep you. The trying of your faith faith is that you have faith. Faith in it. So being led by the Spirit, you no longer need the hammer of the law. What, why am I saying that? The law and the love of God is in your head. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's in your being. When you go to do something that you, you, you know you shouldn't do, it, this, the Holy Spirit, you're being led by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to say, no, 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 no. Hot, hot, stove hot. Don't go. Don't do that. You got to feel something. We got to feel something if we connected. Something got to say. Okay, 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 okay. You got to be able to do that. Or else you're going to continue to live by the hammer of the law. I sinned, so now this law. I sinned, and now this law. Is that how we're going to live as sons? No, sons understand the law is for a purpose. But I don't have to live in that law. I'm living led by the Spirit. I'm living led by the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 18. I want you to turn to that. Put your eyes on it. Write it down. Highlight it. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Doesn't mean that that law is not true, that it's not still a boundary, but the weight of it is not on your head because you're walking in righteousness. You're walking with the righteous law in your heart, in your mind, in the cells of your body. Your body is responding. No, 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 no. Ooh, I don't want, mm, 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 mm. I fear God. Mm, mm. This is where God wants us to be where where the the guide is already in our spirit it's already in our feet it's already in our conscience it's not we're not sin conscience we're god conscience i want to know what you want god i want to do what you want god i wake up this morning and i give you my life what do you want to do with me today what do you want to say to my sad co-worker what do you want me to do today i give it to you this morning i'm praying this morning lead me guide me save me take me I have a whole hour and a half to give to God on my way to work. And I'm praying for me and them and all the situations. I'm praying and I'm worshiping. And I'm saying, God, I belong to you. And in everything, I can do the same thing. God, I belong to you. I'm God conscious, not sin conscious. So when it comes to me, I can say, oh, that, you don't, you don't, you, oh that's, that's drawn. That's the line right there. Ooh-wee. 
You know how they can tell fake money? Does it, did, I heard somebody say it. What do they do? They study the real thing. They don't study the, 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 the fakes. So you have to be God conscious. You study what God is doing. Put that in your mind. Put that in your spirit. Put that in your soul. You know, you know, uh, you know everything that you're watching and looking at on, on your computer, on the TV, it's entering your soul. Are, are, you, are you conscious of what the, the, the housewives of Atlanta are doing? So you can say, oh, I, I don't want a house like that. Well, what you got to do to get that? You're making $7.50 an hour. You understand? So your heart, you're taking your soul to long after that, long after, long after that, long after that, long, oh, I got to get that. Oh, I got to get that. Oh, I got to get that. Oh, my friend got that. I want to get that. I want to be like them. I got to do like that. So you're tick-tocking and loop-locking and lick-locking and all of this, and you're looking at all of this, and you say, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. Don't you know that the Satan is bringing the lust of the flesh to your eyes? And the pride of life, I want to be like that. You have to take all of that down and put something in your spirit that looks like God, acts like God, believes like God, gives you a God consciousness that you're waiting on the things of God. Even if your friends can't wait five years, ten years, a hundred years, you're waiting. You're waiting. Because God's promises and he is faithful. This is what my young believers need to remember. My unmarrieds need to remember. God is faithful. And if he ain't brought them, you ain't ready or they ain't ready. And you don't want what ain't ready. Are you going to eat some raw meat? You hungry and you're thirsty, but the water is dirty. And the meat is raw. And you're taking stuff into your soul that you can't get rid of later. Let God bring them. And when they, when they bring them, oh, wait. Oh, wait. It's going to be exactly what you need, what they need. Your soul will be satisfied. And then you don't have to, after your marriage, sleep with this one, that one. Da, 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 da. It's true. God, God, listen, how many of y'all already know? Let's, let's not, everybody's grass is greener on the other side, and that's because there's no satiation, there's no satisfaction, there's no satisfying of your soul with the things of God because we filled it with so much stuff. I gotta get that, I gotta get that, I gotta get that, I gotta get that, I got, so we so gotta, 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 when God gives us something, that ain't enough. You know how we do. So you're conscious of wanting to please God at all costs. And the love of God is leading your heart and your soul. So now, um, now we need to talk about being led by the Spirit. Because now the divine life, the life of the Spirit of God in us, you prophet, priest, and king, you son of God, you one that belongs to God. The father wants to reveal his ways, his heart, his hand to you. Why? There's some situations in the earth that you are the answer for. 
young people, old people, middle people, we are the answer for. Somebody's child will be changed because you're in their life. We, we saw that with our father. There, there, are, there are thousands of kids who went to college because of Ernie Peterson. When I tell you he fought governments and, and, and state go city governments and uh, uh, associations and this and that, give this child a scholarship, full scholarship, full scholarship to get school and tennis. They can play, they can do this. He fought for all those kids. Bring your child, we're gonna get them, if they, even if they don't go pro, we're gonna get them into school. Even if they don't go pro, let's get them into college. Several of them did go pro. Many of them are now coaching the pros. We have folks that are coaching the pros. You understand whatever God has given you, it's not just for you. He's going to bless you when you're in your purpose. So you see God increase you and multiply. Well, now you're going to increase and multiply. See, when daddy had the image, so he was able to multiply after his kind. Those kids went all the way to the top, some of them. But some of them were just kept out of trouble because they came to an after-school program and they didn't get on drugs. Thousands of them came, came back and said, coach, 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 coach kept me from killing myself. Coach kept me from, mothers came back and said, do you know, do, do you understand? Or when the mothers talk to, to, to some of us and say, child, you know what, that, what you're doing, I see you in the spirit. Don't do that. Don't do that, baby. Don't do that. You don't know that very thing the next time you were going to do it was getting ready to destroy you because they were planning something that you didn't know. They laced that thing with something you didn't know. They were planning to take you deeper into something that you thought, oh, I can get out of this. So everything and in every way, we want to stand in the way that God is, is, is calling us. All right, so now that, you know, we, we have begun, let's, let's now talk about being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit, being led by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in your life. So when you're living on purpose, you're going to see my notes, you're learning to live in Lean on God, learn about God, be led by the Holy Spirit. So the center of the Christian's life is building a solid relationship with the Holy Spirit. You say, I thought it was with Jesus. But you understand, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a quick second. The only way the Christian can make it is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because there are too many things in this dark day that come at you. That you have to have the Spirit of God. And that Spirit is called the Comforter. The Greek word for Comforter is parakletos. And it means helper in the ESV, advocate in the NIV, counselor in the New King James Version. And all of it means a counsel, a legal, a covenant counselor, a legal by way of law in the heaven and way of law in the earth. The Holy Spirit can teach us all things. 
So now let's go to the first thing that the Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit dwells in the believer and fills them. And some of you say, well, I thought that, you know, my conversations when I pray should always be to, to Jesus or whatever. Well, I, I want to read something to you because you, you can do all of that. Okay, don't worry about who and which one it was. I guarantee you as you talk, all of them are listening. <laughs> John 14, 5. I'm about to give you a lot of scripture because each role has scripture to, that goes with it. So just write these down. The Holy Spirit dwells in the believer. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and shall be with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while. The world sees me no more, but you will see me because I live and ye shall live also. At that day, meaning when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall know that I am in the Father and he is in me and I am in you. So the Holy Spirit is bringing the full Godhead to you. Jesus went back to heaven and left the Holy Spirit to minister and administer the kingdom of God on the earth in you. The kingdom of God is within you when you took Christ as your Lord. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is dwelling with you, and there is a promise here of eternality. He says, I will never leave you. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. So our job is to begin to get to know this companion of God beside us. Get to know the Holy Ghost. What is he doing for us, with us? And I know some of you all are saying, oh, this is so super spiritual. You know, what does that mean, Minister Manifa? I don't hear Jesus like that. I don't hear God like that. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, that's y'all property stuff. No, it's not. There are things that when you go to do something and you hear, uh, don't do that. In your spirit, in yourself, you know what I mean? Or you hear just to go pray for that person. You ever heard that? You ever, has anybody ever heard that? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. That's called the Holy Ghost. In yourself, you don't want to go pray for nobody you don't know. That's called the Holy Ghost. He's using you as a son at that moment. What I'm doing is provoking you to your purpose. I'm provoking you to know that God is with you, that you are to stand and do and be what God has called you to be where you are. Do you not know, this is Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3.16, that you are the what? The temple of God. Some people think that this is the temple and God is only here on Sunday morning, but guess what? He's with you when you're doing not what's right. He's with you when you wake up, when you lay down. <laughs> He's with you at all times. That's the love of God. He never deserts us, even when we're at our worst. 
when we're at our worst, he's going, come, 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 come. Okay, here's my hand. Come, come, here's my hand. Come, 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 come. And sometimes he'll give a word to pastor, I'll give a word to the mothers or somebody here, pray for so-and-so. They need to come about, come, come, come. When you're at your worst, the Holy Ghost is still there because he's dwelling inside of you forever. He wants to bring you something. Let's talk about where, where he wants to take you. So the more, this says, the more one seeks, and I said this before, and yields to the Spirit, the more his presence and power can begin to move. The, and this is what we call the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, where, he, where his presence can begin to, to start bubbling up inside of you. And he can give you a little bit more of himself, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's not that he's not there, but, you know, the more that you begin to yield to him, he goes, oh, that, that person, that's my vessel there. So he, he first will begin to save, heal, and deliver you. And then sometimes use you in situations, prophet, priest, and king. You understand? Sometimes it's the little things because you gave so-and-so a box of food that they desperately needed. Or you gave so-and-so 20 bucks that they weren't expecting, but they desperately needed it that week, and they didn't even know it. Some things because you set your heart on God, he can set his heart on you. I'm going to repeat that. Because you set your heart on God and your God conscience, conscious and you think about the things of God, he can set his heart, his desire on you. Go, go pray for that little boy over there. I know, I know you're in the grocery store. You want to get your eggs and cheese and get out. But that little boy, just, just go. Just go. And the mother says, oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, my God, you don't know how much we're going through. Just thank you for doing that. Or there's somebody on the street, and you just bought that burger, and you know what? Okay, I can go back around and get me one. I'm not, I'm not doing anything but going back home. Here, get, get pass that to the guy out the window and go back and get you another one. Don't just pass by those people. You don't know. Some of those are actually angels testing us. <laughs> you know, be willing. Be willing. Just be willing. The Holy Ghost is a seal in the lives of the believer. This is number two. So I'm going to the middle of this verse, but since it's up there, you can see uh, what I have highlighted. You were marked in him with a seal the promise of the Holy Ghost, who is a deposit, a guarantee. So anybody that's purchased a house, you know, if you're going to buy that house, you, you talk to that realtor, there are five other people that want the same house. You have to drop $1,000, $1,500 down to say, I'm coming back with my bank money. Don't give it to anybody else. So here, here is your, you are, the Holy Ghost is, is putting down, that's mine. No, it doesn't belong to anybody else until they come home to be with me. I, I am the seal to say that they're mine. They're mine. They're mine. You understand? There's no longer you asking, am I saved? The seal is upon your heart. God has sealed you. You know, the enemy mocks the things of God, mimics the things of God. So in Revelations, you see there's a seal, a seal on the hand and the head. Well, that's, God did that first. You have been sealed 
You know how do people know to persecute Christians? You've been sealed. The enemy knows you're wearing Jesus' colors. <laughs> you wonder why you're the only one getting beat up at work. Well, because you're carrying the light of Christ. And that light is impacting that darkness. It's, it's unless you dark too. Now you go along with them, they're getting around with you and cussing with you too. And they talking foul talk because you talking foul talk. But if you've got the life and the light of God in you, you go, you know, no, man, I don't, I don't really want to talk like that. I don't really, I don't talk about women like that. I don't, I don't talk about men like that. I don't do that. I don't, that's not the kind of conversation that I really want to have right now. I'm not, I'm not there right now. But, so, you know, if we let our mind go carnal and vile, we can say all kind of things. You understand what I'm saying? So the Holy Ghost, number three, is a teacher that guides us into all truth. So this is why, you know, when, I, when I'm talking and I'm saying, you know, you didn't know at all that, that, that we didn't, we, we didn't want to go that way, we, we got to know that because the Holy Ghost is in us. We got to say, you know, Pastor, even, even if you say, even if you don't think God is watching, which he always is, you know, he don't, he don't miss nothing. He don't miss nothing. You know, his eyes is real big. <laughs> even God, God, even if Pastor ain't watching, you go, well, no, 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 no. I know I can't, I know I can't do this. And if I do, I got to be repentant pretty quick. I can't stay out here too long, right? We all do that. It's the sheep that we have gone astray, but we come back. Right? So the Holy Ghost is, wants to guide us to all truth. And that truth, understand what I'm getting ready to say. Because Jesus told his disciples something, and you're disciples of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm leaving you with somebody who's going to tell you the truth about me. I'm the living word. So every time you get in here, you can ask Holy Spirit, come and show me what you want to show me. This is the living Torah. This is Christ. Show me what you want me to see in Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Show me what pastor is talking about up here. Show me. Show me the truth here. I'm about to do this in my life. Is this the truth, Lord? Or is this a lie? The Holy Spirit, he will tell you the truth, not just of, of now, but what's to come. Some of y'all are having dreams and visions. God is showing you stuff in a dream. You're ignoring it. God has shown you. Uh, Jewel told me the other day that, you know, she had a dream about the little girl she's coaching. And God showed me that there was a, she said, God showed her there was a, a team and, and, and that they already had their team, but then, you know, they picked one more and it was her. They, had, they didn't even need her, but they picked her. I said, you know, God is showing you that he's going to make her great, so great that no matter what, she's going to be, the door will be open. So God is showing her the future of what she's pouring into. Some of you all, God doesn't talk to you, you know, standing there, you are going to do this. But when your soul is quiet and you're sleeping and you have this vivid dream of something, you ain't never dreamed that before in your life. Technicolor. <laughs> Write it down. God is showing you something. 
He's telling you something. So he will guide you into all truth, and he will glorify Jesus. So the Holy Ghost wants to glorify the Christ in you, the Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Christ, the Jesus in you that gives somebody a piece of bread, that takes a child from, from just being a child to getting a scholarship, that, that is a mother that blesses her children and says, you know, we're going to pray this prayer today, kids. We're going to read this scripture today. You don't understand mothers. I want to say something to you mothers. I, I was, you know, at this graduation, I'm always excited because God showed me this a long time ago as a teacher. And I've, I've watched a, a lot of kids. I taught a lot of kids from just coaching to science. And I've taught kids in Sunday school. So from pre-K to college, I have taught kids. I taught at Athens Tech, taught science there. And one of the things that God showed me about, about my position as a teacher or anytime I, I teach is to understand that you at that very moment have one of the most powerful positions and jobs in the earth. Why? Because you are building and shaping a life that will either go in the right way or the wrong way. And your portion can be the portion that steers them in the right way. And this is how we gain. I had a politician come to my door who was, he was coming to my door to advertise, you know, himself. He was, uh, uh, you know, running for Congress. And I said to him, I said, you know, the first thing I started talking about was abortion. What do you believe about abortion? Before I, you know, vote for you, before I vote for you, what, what will you do about my babies that are coming? Do you, do you think that it's okay that we set up laws to destroy the innocent? You know, and he went on and on. He, you know, he was listening. I said, do you realize that when we as a country, now an individual's choice is an individual choice. This is why making laws to, to promote homosexuality in school, in school literature, and, and abortion, and all of that, the laws of the land, if they do that, then you are making an announcement in the spirit realm that this nation is agreeing with the forces of darkness in that area. Now, an individual's choice is different, but when the laws of a nation match an individual choice, but it dismatches the individual choice of God, you have now put that nation under the curses of the authority of darkness. So the turning of Roe v. Wade is important, my God. The turning of all of these laws is important because they're opening up gateways to the, to the ones that are coming after those that make the law. You don't know what gateway you have opened to darkness for the children if you say that homosexuality is a good law in the land. What have you done to those children who, can't, who don't even know what sexuality is? So we can make portals for Satan or for God. Bo doors is, po what a portal is, a door, okay? In the spirit realm, that's what it's called. So we have to decide, even for our own children, we have to be careful of what we watch in the house because they they're receiving it. 
You don't understand. Why are your kids running out crying when a certain show comes on? Because that's a portal. They can see things you can't see. I had to tell a mother that. She said, my, my son keeps crying every time we turn this show on. I said, Mama, your son is a prophet. He's a young prophet. He may only be three but what's happening at that moment is he is seeing things come through that screen that you will never see. And he's running the other way. And then I had another parent tell me the same thing yesterday. I said, God is bringing these babies on the earth exactly for what they're going to need right now. So Satan's trying to take them out with mass shootings and stuff like that, you know. But God's plan is greater. This is why if you don't choose to walk in purpose, there's a generation coming that will. They're already being equipped in the led by the Spirit. They already see. They already are talking to God. God is already talking to them. You better believe he already is. So when Duke is up here dancing and you just think he's dancing because he saw you all, you better think another way. God is preparing them earlier than you and I because we weren't willing to get up here but they are you better know it it's a generation coming they have to fight the the Harry Potters and they're coming here with it already equipped uh, from the heavenlies into the womb into now God's God God is so awesome so, yes, you have, the, you have the most privileged seat in the house to be raising the next generation of those who will follow after God. And you young people, you have the most privileged honor to follow after God because we are coming upon some of the greatest times of God in the earth. Don't let what you see uh, in the news fool you. Fake news. Don't let it fool you. The, the heavenlies are moving. The angels of God are moving. God is not defeated by the works of men. I still believe God. 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 Play any new show you want. I still believe God. And yes, they're releasing new things out, you know, new diseases, yes. But I still believe God. So when they, when they release, let me tell you something. The Lord said to me the other day as I was laying down, he said, I want to introduce myself to you. I said, okay. He said, I want you to understand another place of dominion that I'm calling the church. Another place of prophet, priest, and king I'm calling the church. Listen carefully. Man is doing whatever he's doing in our time, and we already know it's dark, right? This is not new. So you don't have to watch the news to know some, something dark is going to happen. Why sit and watch it for four hours? You already know. Get the highlights and move on. Don't fill your soul with that. Don't fill your soul with that. I'm telling you, it's getting darker, so don't fill your soul with five hours of news. 
read the highlights online and know what's going on and then pray. But if you sit there for four hours and watch that stuff and go, uh, 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 oh, God, it's so bad. 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 You have jumped off your horse of prophet, priest, and king. And you have joined the world in their fear, worries, and strain, and anxiety. You're to be on your horse with the Holy Ghost saying, I see it, God, but I believe that you're doing something else. You're going to show me where I need to stand and pray. You're going to begin to show me what children and what schools we need to pray for. You're going to begin to stand with us in the midst of this thing. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, yes, and, and, and I'm going to share something with you. The Holy Ghost allowed me to hear the voice of the demons that were getting ready to do something. And they're getting ready to release more stuff. And I heard them in a conversation with one another getting ready to do what they're getting ready to do. And the Lord said, I said, Lord, what you going to do about this? You see these folks? He said, I am. I said, yes, Lord, but what you going to, he said, I am. Oh, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the God that healeth thee. So if something else is released, you already have the answer. You, as a prophet, priest, and king, already have the answer. Are you hearing me, saints? As the next thing comes on the news, and they say, this is released, or they don't say it's released, they say, oh, this has popped up. I'm a microbiologist. It doesn't pop up. You know, I, I could be in trouble with all kind of whatevers for saying what I'm saying. But you understand, I'm saying and I'm warning the church, I am is saying, I am. In the midst of all of this, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the answer in all of this. So what you begin to do as a prophet, priest, and king, since I've just let out the bag, one of the things God is using for something that's being released by man, what you begin to do, if you, if you had nothing else to do as a prophet, priest, or king, now you can begin to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord God, because you are the great I am, and you're the God that heals. I pray right now that the healing power of God be released in this earth. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that whatever in the name of Jesus that is released by ungodly men, that that thing in the name of Jesus is stopped by the antibodies of the Spirit of God, that the Holy Ghost will begin to stop everything that's going to try to be released in this hour, that it will not affect the people people, that it will not affect the children, that it will not affect our economy, that it will not affect any portion of our lives, that we will keep going in the name of Jesus, that we will walk according to your spirit, that we will hear what you are saying, because you are the God that heals, and you're the God over all of this, and no demon is stronger than you, and you are the God that heals us. You told Israel, I'm the God that heals you, and so, Father, you brought them through the wilderness. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. 
You gave them the things to eat. You gave them the things to drink. So whatever they release, God, in the name of Jesus, you're still going to heal us. Your blood is greater. 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 Calling all cars, calling all cars, calling all cars. Get on your horse and begin to ride. Whatever you got, if you run, then you run. If you got a horse, get on it. If you got a plane, fly it. But begin to walk as a prophet, priest, and king. Begin to walk in the anointing that God has given you. Whatever placement he's placed you. If you're the priest in your household. If you're the prophet in your land. If you're the one to sing the song to rush demons away. Then you stand in it. Then you walk in it. Be led by the spirit. If you're the teacher. If you're the student. Whatever you do in the name of Jesus. You be led by the spirit. So why is God releasing to us in this hour for a full six months about being a prophet, priest, and king? Because it is long since time that we leave this, I'm going to figure out if I'm going to sin or not. No, I have a, a higher purpose. I'm called to a higher plan. I'm called to a greater thing. And pastor said it the other day. <laughs> Our community needs the Spirit of God moving in it with us in it. We're the evangelists, the ones that walk about and speaking the will of God, the way of God, because the love of God is in you. We have to stand at a place where we begin to, oh God, love one another and have compassion for those that are out there. So the teacher will begin to teach you all things. So when I'm telling you that God began to show me of what was yet to come, they haven't released them all yet. But the Holy Ghost is going to give you where you are, what you need for what needs to come, for what needs to happen, and to show you who Christ is in you, the hope of glory. If glory is, Pastor taught it last week, he's going to put glory in you, and that glory is going to fill this temple. And Sierra said, well, how's that going to happen? I just showed you. And maybe you're doing that at your house. Maybe you're doing that at the job. Maybe it's because you just gave so-and-so something to eat and said, God bless you. You coming out of this. You come, you're not going to be here long. You're not going to be here long at all. You coming out, you're not going to be in that tent long. You coming out of this. You speak a word of life where everybody in their life has condemned them. The Holy Spirit, number four, Reveals to the believer the thoughts and ways of God. I just showed you. Okay? I just showed you. You got to find out the ways of God, not the ways of the beast. All he does is steal, kill, and destroy. If we're going to walk, if anybody is going to walk in the ways of the beast, you got, you got to drop that. You got to drop that. 
You want something, you just take it. If it belongs to something, just take it. Just, just do anything to anybody. Just be un- ungodly to somebody. The love of God has to conquer that in your heart. The love of God, you, you, even, you, you know, you, you saw somebody do something wrong, and so now you're going you to straighten them out. <laughs> no, the love of God has to move in our heart. Did, did God do you like that? Now you know how many times. You done done the same thing, but 50 times over. You did the real thing. They thought about it. Hello? You know, you don't you don't strangle them, and God has released you to run in the fields and play, but you don't strangle them to death. That's called religious spirit. We have to drop that. We that no longer belongs to us. As sons, we, we're walking as humble as Christ. And let me tell you, Christ could pick out every single wrong thing everybody did. By the spirit, he already knew. Sometimes we feel it's so important to point out somebody else's whatever, and we're right there. And all God wants to do is to reveal his love inside of us for one another, to intercede and pray for one another until they come out of that, until you or I come out of that. Whatever it is, we, we want somebody to come out of that. We make the kingdom of God stronger the more people we pull out of darkness. And if it's your brother or sister, all the more. They beside you with the sword, they got to help you fight. You going to stab them? Some of y'all pointing your swords in the wrong direction. Stop it. Stop stabbing one another. The body of Christ has to know in this hour, there's too many enemies to be enemies amongst. You cannot destroy from within. So God will reveal his ways, and one of his ways, of course, he searches the things of God, the spirit of God. And not only does he search the things of God, he searches your spirit. And what he does is he brings the things of God that are for you into your spirit. And you say, huh, you know what, I think I want to start a business and I want to sell real estate. You don't know where God is getting ready to take you in that arena. The lives he's getting ready to have you touch or the finances he's getting ready to give you. And then he has specifically positioned you as a king in the earth. And your finances are coming in in that way because now you you are a business owner. You're going to pay your taxes. Pay your taxes right. Prophets, priests, and kings don't cheat the government. I ain't got no police department. I'm going to pay my taxes because I, I need them to do what they do. Don't t- Christians don't cheat on taxes, okay? Christians don't cheat on taxes because we thank God for the governance that he has put over us to allow us to preach the gospel, to come to church freely. We can have a government that is overruling us. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how we can, another light we can become. We just do what is right before God and man. 
So that's the thoughts and ways of God. God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So we want the ways of the Lord and not the ways of Satan. Satan, you know, he abuses, he torments, he misuses. See, he has, here's the thing. When you don't know the, the use of something, it's abused. And because he has no purpose, good purpose for you and I, he is abusive to the people of God. You understand? And to, any, and to his own. Do you know, if you belong to Satan, you're going to be the, the one that's tormented most in hell? You know, people like Hitler, they're, they're tormented most in hell. When you give your whole life over to destroy somebody else's, things like that, Satan says, you belong to me and now I got you. you you're the one that's most tormented by him. You never give your life or any portion of your life to serve him. So in that very same thing, the fear of the Lord, this is Proverbs 1-7, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. But God will give us the spirit of truth. That's the spirit that should be inside of every Christian. The instructions that God wants to give us. Holy Spirit gives power to the believer. You already know what that is. When you will receive power from the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will be my witness. And that means that you have a, a witness cannot speak of what they do not know. If you go to court and you are called up as a witness, if you didn't see nothing, is the court going to call you? Or if you did see nothing, then you're lying, right? So the Spirit of God comes upon us because we know something. We know the presence of God, the Spirit of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, his healing power, how he saved us, how he set us free, how we did this, how we did that. We are a witness of that thing. We have seen it. We know it. We bear witness in our soul and our spirit, and we can speak on it with authority, right, with the truth in our hearts. So God was sending them to the ends of the earth to speak of things that people never knew. Only this was happening in Jerusalem that Jesus was there. But now that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they're being sent out to give the same message that other people didn't know. So the Holy Spirit imparts gifts. And I just highlighted a few. Wisdom is a gift. Faith is a gift. Healing is a gift. Miracles is a gift. Prophecy is a gift. Uh, discerning spirits, speaking in tongues, all of those gifts. But they all come from the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. So what is God doing? You know, if he's calling us to be prophets, priests, and kings, we're not just prophets, priests, and kings on our own. We want to be filled and empowered and imparted with the things that God wants us to do. Whatever it is, we're going to stand with him. Whatever it is. And let the Holy Spirit decide what he's going to impart to you. Moving quicker. So number seven, the Holy Spirit helps in the Christian's weakness and intercedes for them. I wanted to read this because 
Some people think that if you have a weakness, you can never come out of it. Or if you have a problem, you cannot come out of it. And I want to stand as a witness that that's a lie. That the Holy Ghost can bring you out of anything that you yield to him. He can bring you out. He is a keeper. There's some things that God calls us don't even go that way so that you don't get trapped. But if we are disobedient, sometimes you can get trapped, right? And some things you fell into, you didn't even know that that's what that was. Or you're following the wrong thing, and that's what that was. But the Holy Ghost is still able to help. I'm going to read it to you. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is not, this is not super spiritual. This is basic. This is Listen to the exact words. The Holy Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So the Holy Ghost knows you and is sitting there, oh, God. Oh, God, that's my child. Oh, God, deliver them. Oh, God, let them be. The Holy Spirit is interceding that the enemy might not overtake you in this area. That's awesome. That's a great feeling, isn't it? That's the love of God for you. If he would die for you to come to him, don't you think he would, he would put out every measure to keep you with him? He's coming for you. He's running for you. He's chasing after you. He's looking for you. He's in pastor after you. Whatever it takes, the seal is on them. They belong to me. That's the love of God, to find us wherever we are in our stuff, in a seat for us. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, 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 come on. And if you haven't been in that, whatever that is for you, you're going to have a time where that's that for you, where God has to come, that somebody has to intercede and pray for you and stand for you and be there for you. It's like that with all of mankind. And the Spirit intercedes for us. And here, but Christ, if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies because the Spirit who lives in you. So here's another thing. When sin would try to say die, the resurrection power of God says, no, you're coming out of that, and the life of God is being restored to you. That's the goodness of our God. That doesn't lead us to more sin, but it does lead us to understand how grateful we are that God loves us enough to reach for us wherever we are. And then the Holy Spirit does something. See, that this is different. 
The Holy Spirit does something for you and I that he doesn't do for the world. There's a comparison between 7, 8, and 9, and 7 tells us that the Holy Spirit prays for our weaknesses, intercedes for our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us, meaning sets us apart from the things that we should not uh, be around or have, sets us apart for his purposes, but he does something different for the world. They are convicted of sin. God is praying for you for sin. He's interceding that you will come out. He sanctifies you that you might be uh, sanctified, justified, and purified out of your sin. That's the working power of the Spirit of God in the believer. But for those that are outside, the Holy Spirit is reaching for them. Come into my fold. Come into my fold. The only reason you came to Jesus was you had to be drawn. The Spirit of God had to draw you, right? We're not coming on our own. We ain't coming on our own. So there is a, a, a different level of the covenant that happens for the believer as opposed to those that are out there. So this being, so this being our truth, the, the things that the Holy Spirit does for us, and I, I didn't give you the scriptures, but for sanctification, it's Galatians 5.16, where if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the, the lusts or the desires of the flesh. And it gives you all of the, f- the things that are of the flesh, and the flesh is contrary to the Spirit. So God is calling us to be led like sons by the Spirit. That's Galatians 5.16 through 18. Because the flesh is contrary. The flesh doesn't even want to be led by the Spirit. But we are being called and pushed into the way of, I don't want those things. I want the things of God and to be led by him. And, and I'm going to read that. It says, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So the Spirit of God will come against the whatever I want to do self, right? That's where the Holy Ghost begins to speak to your conscience and say, no, that's not right for you. They can do that. You can't do that. You are called to a higher purpose. I didn't read John 16, 7 through 8. You can read that. So there's a lot of scriptures here, but I'm going to finish up. So here's our great escape. The work of the Holy Ghost in a Christian's life is an ongoing process of sanctification, purification, right? That's happening. He's, he wants to renew your mind by the power of the living word inside of you. You can just go through these scriptures that I gave you. Begin to get to know and ask the Holy Spirit, come and reveal yourself to me. I know you're inside of me. I want to give you more room. There's been so, too much room for me. Too much me. Will you please take, take, take a little, another level inside of me? He wants to be- us to bear the right fruit. You know the fruit of the Spirit in, in Galatians 5. I don't need to go through that. Love, hope, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You know all of those. But there is a scripture I want to read to you, and I invite you to read this slowly 
carefully later. Okay? Slowly, carefully later. Second Peter. And if you all would turn there or look on the, the board here. I, Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I could just stop right there. Just soak that right there in. He's given us everything we need for a divine sonship, for a divine life of prophet, priest, and king, for a life that is led by the Spirit. So this scripture keeps going by saying we have precious promises. Through them, what do we do? I, I want to say this part. Through these, he has given us every great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the what? The sonship nature is the divine nature, the God in you, the hope of glory. Having escaped corruption. All right, let's talk for a second before we close. Having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. So do you understand that evil desires can corrupt what God's purpose is for you? I have a yes and amen, anybody? Desiring the wrong thing can corrupt. What does it mean to corrupt? Huh? Defile. What does it mean to defile? Huh? Alter. Yes, make, make unusable for its original purpose. Make you out of the running for Genesis 1.26 to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth to stand as a prophet, priest, and king. Satan wants to transform your mind or, or conform. What am I trying to say? That scripture says conform your mind, shape it, change it, change its shape so that you don't look like the vessel you were made to be. But God calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can fulfill the purpose that God has called us to be. So if you're called to be a prophet, a priest, a king in the earth, God wants you to be to, to, to come from just the place. Now, I'm speaking something that you're going to gain over time. So let me take the stress off your back that I'm saying, okay, tomorrow I want you all, you know, you hear from God tomorrow. God is shaping you into who he is calling you. Over time, he will call you to little things to, to obey, little things to just say, okay, yes, I'm not going to do that. Or no, But I'm going to tell you, the higher up in authority you go, the more you have to walk closer to him. 
the more you want to be listening to what he's saying and not your own heart or the or the world or you know how to run your business what to do next how to run your family what to say what to pray what to do what job to take what school to go to all of these things you're yielding over to God because you're saying you lead me Lord I'll go wherever you say go you know pastor did that 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 lead thing we're not complaining we're being led we're being led we're being led we're being led and you don't have to you don't have to worry i was talking to someone who's making a big transition yesterday they were so worried that they should do more do more do more how how am i going to make it if i don't do this i said god himself opened this door not you so it's God who will open the next door. You stand, be thankful for what he's done, and, and, and look to him for the next thing and trust him. It's about God being faithful and showing himself, I was faithful to you the last 10 years. I'm going to be faithful to you the next 10 years. So what, you don't have a wife or a husband right now. I did not keep you all this time. You how old? Your folks saying, when you getting married, when you doing this, when you doing that. But God is saying, haven't I kept you this long? Are you going to listen to them or listen to me? There has to be an awakening, uh, an alarm going off, a light going off in your heart that says, I'm still trusting God. I'm still trusting God. I'm still believing God. I'm still believing God. So just in closing, we want to say that the Holy Spirit puts a stamp on your life for purpose, and it's an authentic stamp that says you belong to God, Christ is in you, but you are also in Christ. So as you belong to him, you are allowing that life, which is God, God's life, to start moving in and through you. Not your will, but his will. Not your way, but his way. You're asking for his purpose every morning. Lord, you take my life today. Watch him start moving you in specific directions. I'm willing, whatever you say, Lord. Whatever you want to do. So if you would stand all over the building. And